Sunday, it will just be about communion. Let me change my mind. Because I'm not feeling the juice of this one. Okay. Yeah, this one's got the juice. So, the way we do communion, every Sunday is going to change. Every time we do communion, we'll do a separate communion service. Are you with me? Awesome. So to begin with, let me take you to John chapter 6. And we're going to examine some scriptures. Because I also do realize we come from different backgrounds when it comes to communion. My wife's, my wife's family was strong Catholics. And, uh, you know, her background when it comes to communion is what? It's Catholic background, I think, not the way she does it now. But, you know, I, I come from, a, from, from Presbyterian. My background when it comes to communion was very Presbyterian. And all we come from different places. But listen, it's not about that. It is about what does the Word of God really say about communion. Amen. And that is what I want to teach on today. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, we give you praise for this opportunity to draw near to the table today. We pray in the name of Jesus. May we experience the scriptures coming alive in our midst to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go. John chapter 6, I'm going to read 53 and 60. I've entitled what I'm talking about, the doctrine of communion. Amen. John chapter 6, 53 to 60. The Bible says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Verse 60, Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it or understand it? Amen. Amen. So I want to begin from there. Jesus is with his disciples. A few days before, Jesus has just performed the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. So now everybody is flocking to him. As you would. Everybody is coming to him. And they're looking for him. So he starts to run away from the people. First thing he tells the disciples. Let's cross and go to the other side of the lake. 
And as, as the disciples are doing that, Jesus comes walking on water. Well, you remember the story? And the people begin to look for him because he's just fed them. And they're looking for him. They search everywhere. They didn't find him. They get on boats. They cross as well. They find him. When they find him, they begin to say to him, Lord, where have you been? We have been looking for you. And Jesus says to them, you have been looking for me because of miracles, because of signs, because I fed you bread. I wish you believed in me. Are you with me? He says, I wish you just believed in me. Instead of looking for me because of what I have done for you. That's the background of this story. Now, as he's beginning to talk to them, he comes to a place where Jesus begins to say to them, Hey, you guys, if you really believed in me, you would eat my flesh and drink my blood. He repeats it. He says, if you eat me and drink my blood, you will have life. And the people just freaked out. Because who talks about being eaten by people? It was strange enough that he was walking on water. It was strange enough that he had performed miracles from two loaves and five loaves and two fish. He had fed 5,000 and had 12 basketfuls left. It was strange enough, but he begins to talk about eat, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And so the Bible says many of the people got really upset, got really out of. You know, he was out of favor with the people. The people decided, nah, we can't have this. So actually, they ran away. It is at this point that when they ran away, he looked at the disciples and he said to the disciples, hey, won't you also run away? And his close disciples said to him, where can we go? You are the bread of life. You have the word of life. Are you with me? Jesus said to the people, Eat my body. Drink my blood. Are you with me? Are you with me? Jesus actually did say to the people, Eat my body and drink my blood. It's not made up. It is true. Come on. <laughs> and the people then said, This is too hard to understand. In another translation, the Passion Translation, it says, he, the people said, this is disgusting. Because it is. Right? If somebody asks you, oh, if you really want to show that you believe in me, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Uh, witchcraft. <laughs> I bite. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? How can he say that? It's such a ridiculous statement. What is he really talking about? And he claims that if you eat his, his body and drink his blood, then you will have life. He says, you do not have life unless you eat my body and drink my blood. And the people are going, ah, it was okay for you to multiply five loaves, two fish, and we eat. That was fine. 
It is okay for us to believe that we received manna from heaven. That is fine. But to tell us that we don't have life unless we eat you, this is too much. And the Bible says many people left. They left in their thousands. Over 3,000. They left. As you would leave this church very quickly if I started to talk like that. <laughs> if I started to say, you are not a member in this church unless you eat smart. <laughs> are you with me? Yeah. You, you would leave. In your right mind, you'd be like, no, no, no. It, this will be on whole daily mail. It will make it good enough, juicy enough to make it into the sun. <laughs> it will go viral on Facebook. Pastor asks members to eat his flesh and to drink his blood. Hello. And then the people that know you will say, hey, we told you. <laughs> Don't go to lunch. <laughs> it loses its power. Mm. So most of us have had communion as a tradition, part of church, part of Christianity. And because of having it as just as a tradition, there is no power of God revealed in it to our lives. So we eat it, we might as well have McDonald's. Are you with me? We eat it, we might as well have anything else. But this is not for you. God has favored you. That you should have a full understanding of this sin. So that when you partake of it, you partake of it with the full understanding of the power of God hidden therein. Today, when you have communion, there will be something happening in your life. Amen. Communion can preach to your body. Amen. Cause healing to your body. Amen. Communion can preach to your house. As you arrive home, every demon that was hiding somewhere else was, hey, they just have communion. <laughs> Are you with me? I know Joe either. Communion can speak to your money. 
It can speak to you. Ah. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Luke chapter 22. What is he talking about? What is Jesus talking about? What is Jesus talking about? I will teach communion in such a way that we can teach our children. That our children can understand this thing is powerful. Hello. That one day you might not be at home and your children will decide we're going to have communion this morning. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. We teach communion in such a way that teenagers can have communion. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because this is powerful. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Something is about to break. Amen. Mm-hmm. Luke chapter 22, the Lord's Supper, they call it. It's really the Passover meal. Verse 14, and when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. This is Jesus. And he said unto them, with great desire have I desired to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Somebody say fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So Jesus already begins to set up. In Luke chapter 22, we are at a place where Jesus has said to his disciples, guys, it is Passover. So the disciples come to him and say, Lord, where do you want to have your Passover meal? That's not a strange question. They celebrated Passover the way we celebrate Christmas. Now, I'm not going to start arguing about Christmas and where's our white party. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But the way we celebrate Christmas. So it is normal for you to say to me, Pastor Phil, what are you doing for Christmas? Where are you having your Christmas this year, right? It was normal for the disciples to say to Jesus, Lord, where are we going to have our Passover? And Jesus says, you go into the city and you will find a man and you will follow him. And he will take you to a house, and when you go to that house, ask the owner of that house, tell him where is the room where the master should have his meal. So he just prophesies it. I love Jesus. This is why it is, it is wrong to, to, to think it, anything is impossible with God. Imagine, they just said, Lord, where are we going to have our Passover meal? Oh, no. For God to organize. No, he just prophesies it. You're going to get in the city. You're going to find a man. He'll be carrying a pitcher of water. You're going to follow him. You're going to follow him to the house he goes to. The house he goes to is not even his. This one carrying. He's a servant. Talk to the owner. He will give you the room. He just prophesies it. You see, as you are praying, believe that Jesus can just come and release the word. Amen. <laughs> he can just come and say, you are going to do this, 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 and that. And you get up and you follow through. Amen? Amen. He makes breakthrough happen by his own, just by his mouth. Just by his mouth. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's right. Just by his mouth. Amen. Anyway, that's what we're, not what we're talking about. What are we talking about? We're talking about the supper, the communion that happened then. After they are sat down in that house, I'm going to skip, I'm going to go to, to verse A, uh, verse 17, and he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this, divide it among you, among yourselves. Amen. Amen. Now listen to verse 19, verse 19, verse 19, verse 19. He says, 
And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body. Pause for a moment. Just have a selah moment. You see, in John chapter 6, the one that we read before, he said to them, Eat my body, drink my blood. And they said, This is a disgusting teaching. What's what is he saying? They couldn't understand. Even his own disciples could not fully understand what he means by saying, eat my body. But blessed are they that stick around. Because those that ran away, they ran away with the wrong understanding. Are you with me? Because those that stayed eventually heard him say to them, this is my body. This. Those that ran away, ran away with the half-truth. Hello? Hi. It's like the phrase of today, right? As Donald Trump says, uh, fake news. <laughs> but really, it's how they run away with the half-truth. It's, it, it, it's, not, it's not the fact that it is fake. It's the fact that people already want to hear what they already have planned to hear. It's like they have already written the story when they come to listen to you. And they're just waiting for you to confirm. So as soon as you say one word that hits their sound bite, they take it and they take the story. But it's a half-truth. A half-truth is a lie. <laughs> Hello? Uh -huh. So those that had come to Jesus ran away saying, this guy, he's teaching people that they should eat his, his body, that they should drink his blood. That's what he's teaching. So they ran away. But those that stuck around until the upper room, they were still with him. They still believed in him when he was saying all this, what sounded like ridiculous, found, heard him say, the body I was talking about, it is this. This is my body. So finally they understood. Ah, this is his body. Are you with me? Yeah. He said, this is my body. <laughs> Not this is like my body. This is the miracle of communion that you need to begin to understand. The bread is not like his body. Okay, does your Bible say this is like his body? If it says so, you've got a wrong translation. <laughs> it says, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. I'm also imagining this picture. He is sat there with them. He takes bread. And then he says, this is my body. No, Jesus. <laughs> this is your body. This is bread. That's where it's at. That's what we're going to talk about. Jesus, what? don't lie to us. This is your body. This in your hand is bread. And then he continues. And he, and he says something like, This is my blood. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. So, at first, they thought, he's really talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. They ran away. Those that stuck around, they realized, okay, he's talking about 
eating bread and drinking this wine that is, that is, that is in his heart. But why is he, call, is he calling it his body? Are you with me? Because finally he's broken down to a level we can understand, but we need to understand why does he call this bread his body? Why is it so important to him that we have to eat his body? Are you with me? First Corinthians 11, and we're going to just round it up. First Corinthians 11, we're going to have communion. I hope I have enough communion, people. First Corinthians, we're going to do 11. First Corinthians 11. First Corinthians 11. We're going to do 23 to 30. 23 to 30. Hallelujah. Today, when you have communion, it will change your life. Amen. I'm excited. I want you to come to a level when we say we're having communion on Sunday. You're going to get excited. You're going to really get excited. You see, when I was growing up, because communion was just a tradition in our church, I, I really, it didn't excite me. It was, it, it was an extra thing to do on the program, and it dragged the service. And it meant my parents were um, just like more holy, you know, that day. <laughs> it's communion, isn't it? And, you know, it dragged the service, and, oh, we'll be waiting as kids. We were not allowed to have communion. We were children. Right? You see? You've got it easy. You know? <laughs> Amen. And, 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 and so we, we, it just dragged the service. It was boring. And, and so you can grow up with the mentality that communion, oh, one of those things we do in church. It's like baptism, you know. You, 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 do I really need to go in the water? Or, or you have to. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have to. When you, but you have to understand what it's about for it to maintain the power that it really is. Because I've known people that have gone in, 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 in baptism tank and got baptized and delivered and set free right there in the water. Hello? Yeah. If you understand what it is about, you remove tradition from the act, you find the power that God instituted in it. So when you find a Christian that is arguing, oh, do I, does, do I need to get baptized? How many to help me when I get baptized? It's ignorance. School them. Teach them the power that is hidden in a simple act as going into water and up. And we're going to have baptism on Easter Sunday again. Amen. Awesome. Now let's go. First Corinthians verse 11. And we're going to, we're going to, let's see where I want to start from. Let me start from verse 23. This is the Apostle Paul writing. And I'm going to go down those verses, down, down, down. He says, For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped it, saying, This cup.
scope is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pause there. This person writing is Apostle Paul. He's not one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. He wasn't there in the, uh, in, the, in the upper room when Jesus was actually having the last supper with the disciples. Are you with me? He wasn't there. But what is he saying? Let's pay attention to what he's saying. He says, I received from the Lord that which I delivered unto you. There's two things you need to understand. One, he's writing to the Corinthians because they are messing up the Lord's Supper. They don't understand it. They've turned it into a tradition. And, 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 and so there's no power in it at all. They're just messing about with it. Some people are actually bringing their... It's a bring a bottle thing. They're getting drunk. The rich are getting drunk. The poor don't have communion and they are in the house of God together. That is chaos. And so Paul writes to them. But he writes and says, I received from the Lord. The second thing you're going to understand to understand this is that Jesus saw it very important to come and teach Paul how to do communion. Are you with me? Because Paul didn't say, for Peter told me what happened in the upper room. Are you with me? Paul is not saying, for, you know, Barnabas shared with me what really go, went on. Or John. He says, no, the Lord himself taught me. So God decided to teach Paul. Let me put it this way. Jesus, the Lord, we were learning yesterday about the word Lord. Jesus decided to teach Paul how to give communion. It's pretty important. That's what it tells you, right? It's pretty important if Jesus himself is going to decide, oh, wow, Paul, you are a new apostle. You were not there in the upper room. So I'm going to teach you communion. And how does Jesus teach communion? Now, this now you have a Jesus perspective on communion when you're looking at that. So Jesus is teaching Paul. He says, on the night I was betrayed, I took bread and I broke it. And I said, this is my body. Some people were saying, this is like the body of Christ. So he's correcting and he's telling Paul, I said, this is my body. That's the first thing. Are you with me? Jesus himself says, no, no, no. I said, this is my body. This is very important. It sounds like a small thing, but it's very, very key. I said, this is my blood. That's what I said. It's my blood. Ooh. I'll show you why it is very important when we read on. He says, For as often as you do this, you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do, you do, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now you see why it's important. Verse 27. That says, whoever shall drink of this, shall eat of this unworthily. Whoever shall have it without discerning the body. Let's continue so that you understand. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself, 
So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eats and drinks and when he eateth and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now you see why I said that little bit of information that he said, this is my body, becomes very important. Because what does it mean, eating communion unworthily? And this is why we found ignorance has led most of us find, find ourselves there. We don't know we are eating it unworthily. When we eat it just out of tradition, we are eating it unworthily. This is not about, keep quiet, close your eyes, confess any sin before you come to the table. So that you may be worthy. Well, if you have sinned, I command you to run to the table. Because the blood is what cleanses you. So that, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know where people got it. It's a misunderstanding of the scripture. Eating it unworthily is not discerning the body. Let me put it in simple terms. It is saying this is like the body of Christ. <laughs> ah, this is just bread and this is just some wine. That equals eating unworthily. And just because of that simple problem there, the Corinthians therefore decided, I can have as much as I want. The other one thought, well, I'll just have as little as I want. Are you with me? Because they, they lack the discernment that this becomes the body of Christ when we get together and call it communion. And somebody said to me, but how can bread become the body of Christ? Well, how did you become the child of God? By us gathering here, this becomes church. Are you with me? <laughs> Just by us being here, it becomes church. By us taking bread and calling it communion, it becomes the body of Christ. It takes faith. It takes discernment. But it takes understanding to say, this is the body. I'm telling you, once you have that understanding in your own home, with your own people, wherever you are, you will begin to understand the power, power of communion. Are you with me? Are you with me? Stay there, stay there. We're about to land. We are just about to land. What happened to those that were saying, hey, ah, this is just bread. This is just wine. What happened? The Bible says, for those that eat and drink unworthily, eat and drink condemnation to themselves, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30, for this reason or for this cause, many are weak, many are sickly among you, and many sleep, which means they have died. Say what? It sounds like it's, it's, it's something is wrong. It's like communion, and people are dying. You see, you do not understand some of the things that are that are failing to be strong in your life. You will not understand some of the things in our midst that will fail to really rise to what God wants them to be. Sometimes it is just because of a lack of discerning the body. And I, it sounds 
It really sounds like a petty issue, but it's massive. Paul dedicated a whole chapter to talk about this. Well, a few verses of it. But he talks about it. Because he's realized and he's warning these people. Because of what you're doing, that's why many of you are weak. Do you know what that means? That means you are feeble. That means it's not just disease, but you, you are amounting to nothing. You are economically weak. Your marriages are weak. Your careers are weak. Everything around you is weak. Just because you are not discerning the body. This is dangerous. Because it then doesn't matter what prophetic word was over your life, does it? No. It begins to be a bigger truth. And it's a bigger truth because it is really rightly talking about the one and only sacrifice that God has made for us. Jesus Christ. You can't change that. You can't blaspheme it. God won't allow you to dilute it. He will come against you. Are you with me? So he says, many are weak. And he says, many of you are sick because of this and everything. Many of you are And they thought they had diseases because of what was going on around them. But and yet God is saying, no, 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 I've got a different reason for why you guys have diseases. It is because you dishonor the body. It really sounds like it's something small. But it's big. Do you understand why I decided, no, 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 I'm going to do communion properly. Do you understand why I decided? If I'm going to do this communion Sunday, I want you to have full understanding. Because I don't want to be found in the many a week. <laughs> huh? I, I don't want to be found in the many a week. I don't want to be found in the many a sickly among you. Neither do I want to be found in many a sleep. If that is true, then the opposite is also true. Those that learn to discern the body in the communion, then they begin to be many that are strong. So you know, when you're going through a tough time in your home, and you are, before you start quarreling over it with your wife or with your husband, before you say, come on honey, let's come to the table because many are going to be strong right now. Are you with me? This communion is a powerful thing God has given us. You can challenge anything in your life. In your home, anything by just coming to the communion table. Mm. Mm. Huh? Amen. Huh? Yeah. You say, no, we're going to have communion. We're going to have communion. And you see, let me advise those that are married. Husband and wife, that becomes a good place to resolve your issues. Mm. It's like, ah, oh, brother, come on. If we are not going to discern the body of Christ together, we're going to end up weak. Hello? Me, I encourage people to have communion at home as well. It is powerful. <laughs> you can even have it on your own if you're on your own. The opposite is true. By discerning the body, it sounds like it's easy. But the grace of God is wonderful. His burden is light. Hello? And it, and it sounds like it's so easy. It says, by descending the body of Christ correctly in the communion, you become strong. Huh? <laughs> you chase disease out of your life. <laughs> no wonder you have to have to discern the body. Because seriously, can you eat Jesus' flesh and have disease? 
But you've got to understand. And if you think, oh, Pastor Phil, I'm really going to sound crazy if I say to my people, we are eating the body of Christ. You're already crazy. <laughs> you already think you're crazy. What does the ignorance explain? Speaking in tongues. <laughs> it helps a lot when you just understand there are some people that think I'm crazy. And, and that, there's freedom in that. Hello? <laughs> Instead of trying to please everyone, just understand there are some people, they will never understand me. They will think I'm crazy. You see, the world is in such a way that it doesn't matter. You can believe in philosophers or believe in Christ or believe in Buddha. There will still be some people that think you're crazy. Are you with me? The world is sad. You, you've got to know what you believe and stand on what you believe in spite of what people think. So you're going to get in your house and you're going to break bread together and you're going to say this is the body of Christ. Today, you will partake of the body of Christ. The body of the sinless Lamb of God. The body of the Lamb of God who died and rose again. The body of him who has power over death. Are you with me? Today, you're going to partake of the body of the one, the Prince of Peace. Himself. His eyes are like fire. The Bible says when he, when, when he speaks, his voice is like the rumbling of many waters. It's the roar of the lion. It shatters to the foundation. You're going to partake of his body today. Now let that thing enter your system and not change you. What stubbornness is that? It will change you. The blood, this is why he insists that we begin to believe when we come to the communion table. This is his blood. This is his blood. So you can know that no disease can stand in your body. Because the blood flowing through your veins is the blood of him. The sinless Lamb of God. Are you with me? He has no defect in him. Perfect in every way. And that's the blood flowing through you just by communion. Come on. Come on. Nothing can stop you. Oh, no, 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 nothing can stop you. The devil cannot stop you. Huh? What can stop you? Come on. Do you understand this? Do you understand this? Witches can come with all their charms. Nothing can match to this. Nothing. My God. You know, when you understand this truth, you understand it, you grasp it. You take your communion and you put it there, you can even start to dance. <laughs> Devil, something is about to break out. <laughs> because this is communion. <laughs> it is the love of God. Now we're going to zero in and just finish. Your body is not going to be weak. Neither are you going to be sickly. Neither are you going to die prematurely. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because of the communion. Yeah. Who's ready for communion? Yeah. Things are going to happen yeah. if we take it with understanding today. I want, to I want you to understand that. Something is going to happen. If there's somebody here and there is something going in your system and they're saying there's a disease, there's this, this. 
You're going to get healed. You'll get healed. Maybe you're worried, you're questioning, did somebody do something against me? Are they, are they, are they, are they bewitching me? Listen, as you take communion, I don't really care about them. <laughs> if you can take amoxicillin, And clear a blood infection. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. I'm going to Ghana tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm going to take some toxicycline. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-malaria. Yeah. But if I can take a tablet made by a human being. Yeah. And it can fortify my health a little bit. Small, small. <laughs> Hey? <laughs> I don't think you're getting me. <laughs> because you too much believe in chemical compositions and chemical... Di, 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 di. Oh, oh, Natalie's not here today. Hallelujah, we can get away with it. Our wonderful... <laughs> Our wonderful pharmaceutical scientists. Listen, 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 listen. We believe so much in that, we think it works because of science. Nah, there's a lot more. There's really a lot more happening. Jesus prescribed communion. And welcome to the pharmacy. I'm going to dispense communion. According to the master's prescription. And let us see whether it will not change your life. You know I used to work in the pharmacy, right? So dispensing, I know how to do that. <laughs> I will dispense communion. I'm more excited about dispensing communion than any of the thousand tablets I've ever dispensed. And let's see whether it won't change your life. This will change your life. That's why I encourage you because you have understanding. It is fine. You can, you can give it to your children. Drink it with your children. They are riding on your faith anyway. So you have understanding. Drink it with your children and it's going to change their lives too. Today, as we have communion, if you're believing God for an opportunity, raise that in his presence and say, Father, as I come to the table, I believe in the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And I thank you for my opportunity. And it's going to open. Things are going to shift. You will know you have communion. Some of you are going to struggle to give this testimony. Because people will ask you, how did it happen? And you say, I had communion. And they'll say, explain, because we also have communion. <laughs> Stand with me. Right here, and of you. Let's bring communion table a bit near. Ha, 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 ha. Are you excited? Are you excited? Are you excited? Yes. As we come to the table today, this is about to change your life. Are you with me? Yes. Hey. As long as the one who died on the cross said it is finished. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. He said what? It is finished. It is finished. He contained every work of the enemy and said it is finished right here. This is where it ends.
just take a moment, just pray. 